Hello and welcome to Startup Soundbites, the student-run podcast from Columbia Business School's Entrepreneurs Organization. We're talking with emerging student entrepreneurs currently pursuing their MBA while in the process of launching their new venture. I'm your host, Corey Schwitz, a second-year MBA candidate here at Columbia, and today we're talking with Alessandra Baker, founder of Alessandra McKenzie, a luxurious loungewear brand for the modern woman. Alessandra, welcome. Thank you. Awesome. So why don't you start off just explaining what Alessandra McKenzie is and what the inspiration behind the company was? Sure. So I noticed a hole in the market, in the sleepwear and loungewear market, when my friends started getting married. Uh, I felt like there was nothing that I could buy them that wasn't either really cheap and cheesy or super expensive and basically unwearable. So I wanted to address that in terms of both style and price point. I thought there was a price point issue and there was also a style issue, especially coming from the menswear world. I used to work for Ralph Lauren designing ties. Um, So I think a little of that classic men's style got got influenced. so, so excuse my ignorance, but yeah. where are most women shopping for loungewear or uh, like pajama type uh, clothing today? It, it really ranges. I would say there are plenty of people that go to Macy's or Victoria's Secret. Um, Victoria's Secret probably being on the higher end of that for your average American consumer. And then you know, so there are the better department store brands. Um, Net-a-Porte would be another online, you know, high-end online place. Shopbop would be a good spot. It's it's pretty varied. So so explain the process to to uh, really you first taking your first leap into making the business. What was really uh, the spark, and and when did you decide to go all in? I had been preparing myself probably for years to actually take the plunge, as they say. And it was after I graduated from Parsons, because I left Ralph Lauren to go back to Parsons to get a design degree. And I basically spent my whole education at Parsons, making myself ready to launch this business. And after I graduated, I gave myself to summer. And then in the fall, I got, I got cracking. So it was just sort of time, I guess. Just cool. felt like I'd been thinking about it enough. So how does the, the process of making a, a clothing company and making actual products work from you know, when you're just starting out from manufacturing to fulfillment. How, did, how do you get that done just by yourself? It's very challenging. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I live in New York and there is a, still a very vibrant garment center here on the west side in the 40s, high 30s, uh, 40s. And I basically just started researching factories. I, I knew how to design and I know, how to, I know how to make clothes, but I can't, I didn't have a sewing machine at home, and it just felt like the process would be much more streamlined, especially as a sole proprietor, entrepreneur, to outsource some of, the, some of the work. So I took a bunch of sketches to, I think I chose three different factories at the beginning. I had each of them make a sample, and then I decided based on that who I wanted to work with. And I'm actually still working with one of the factories that I started with and have gone through many different ones since. It's <laughs> always a little bit of trial and error. Um, but yeah, you just, there's an, the internet is an amazing resource. When I started, it was much harder to find the factories. They made it difficult on purpose, I think. Um, now there's an online source called Maker's Row and they have any factory in the United States can be listed on it and it's much easier to find these resources now so 
So is it important for you to have your products made here in the U.S.? Um, and, and has that been a, a challenge up to this point? It's a challenge in terms of price point. It's not a challenge in terms of quality. Uh, I, I, I think it's important. I like to make things here. I like to oversee everything and have that control. And I think it's important that we make things here. We don't make a whole lot anymore, and we're very capable of doing it. So I think if we can make a little more here, that would be that would be awesome. Great. So w- was there a moment when you were making your first few products? And I'd love to hear about what those specifically were when sure. you really noticed, you know, something was catching on with your customers and you really thought this could really be something big and really work? Sure. I think the first the first collection was a full sleepwear collection. I did robes, I did pajamas, I did slips, I did all sorts of little pieces. And I launched with a trunk show for friends and family. So most people hadn't seen anything. I showed the products to a very select number of people initially and then just decided to throw it all out there. And I think it was one of the scariest moments of my life because you work on something and it's so hard and it's so close to you for for such a long time and then you just release it out into the world and you cross your fingers and you hope for the best and I remember being so surprised how many people bought from me at that trunk show just because the price point's high Mm -hmm. and it's a pretty sophisticated product and I knew people were going to show up to support me and you know be there for me but I didn't expect them to shop so that was a really sort of it was a special moment. It made me feel like what I was doing was, I was on to something. And that was sort of right at the beginning. And then there was sort of like a little lower point when then you had to try to get into, or I had to try to get it into stores. And that was that was super challenging. Um, finally got picked up by ShopBop. And that was a big, another big moment. Um, and they're doing pretty well. They have a sec- our second collection from them is, is on their site now. And... So that's hopefully going to be an ongoing relationship. Um, And then there was a really funny moment also kind of towards the beginning. I have a friend who works at New York Magazine and she put a pajama top in the gift guide, the Christmas gift guide. They do it every year. And it was a teeny tiny picture in like the lower right hand corner of one of the pages. And I forget what the theme of the page was, but she, um, so she put it in there at the last minute and I didn't really think anything was going to come of it. Two days before Christmas, I get an order super late at night for one of everything on the website. Amazing. (laughs) One of everything in every color. I was like, um, is this a joke? Is this like a baby just kind of hitting bye, 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 bye on the parents' (laughs) iPad and not necessarily actually wanting to purchase all of this? And so I called the woman the next day because I just wanted to make sure it wasn't a mistake. And... She said, oh, yes, no, I, I definitely ordered everything. I don't need anything gift wrapped. It's all for me. She said, I have three homes, though, and I wanted a set for each home. So, I mean, that was pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, that, that's incredible. <laughs> Hopefully she's a, a repeat customer to yeah, the set. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, she's been super supportive. So, so today, are, are most sales through your website, or are they through retail partners? Um, what's the strategy? In, in so it's still, it's still more... Um, heavily weighted on the wholesale side. It's been very challenging to get people to buy from the site on like a, a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, I would say the wholesale partners are still the biggest 
biggest chunk of the business right now. Cool. So, so regarding your, your day-to-day, obviously entrepreneurs and when they are really just starting off by themselves uh, need to sort of wear every single hat and take every single uh, job in, in running the company. I'm curious what your day-to-day looks like. Obviously that might change uh, every single day. And uh, what responsibilities as an entrepreneur that you have that you really didn't anticipate having before you you founded Alessandra McKenzie? So many challenges. <laughs> I think I think everything is a challenge at the beginning. Um, there, there's just sort of a. It's very hard to stay disciplined. A lot of it becomes reactionary. So I'll get an email and I'll react to it. Right? If there's a problem, I have to deal with it and. I, it's just a constant learning process. I would love to be able to get ahead of everything and Im- impose a schedule on myself that says, I'm going to check email from 10 to 11, and then I'm going to actually be productive in this area. Like, I need to design a collection. When am I supposed to do that? It's sort of, I think you run out of time, especially as a design entrepreneur, to actually design. I think the running of the business, the day-to-day running of the business, the logistical things, the administrative things take up so much of your time that you sort of lose that initial, you, you lose time to do the thing that you love doing the most, which is always kind of a struggle. So you've got to have, you have to fight to do that thing that you love to do while also learning how to do everything else and keep the business going on a, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, it seems difficult to split the design, creative elements of the business and yeah. the actual nitty-gritty of uh, dollars and uh, dollars and cents. And so yeah. regarding the, the business side, uh, were there any sort of uh, tools you needed to learn on the fly regarding digital marketing or finance, anything like that? Sure. Well, I, I did start my career as an administrator, so I had this sort of basic administrative things down, luckily, because sometimes those are the hardest things to get organized. But I, I always worked in a creative field, so I didn't really have official business background. So doing a budget for the year or even the next three months mm-hmm. is super challenging. It's still super challenging. It's hard to project those costs out when you're just kind of reacting to everything. Um, so that's that was a big one. Um, yeah, I think just, just those, those bigger picture ideas in terms of finances were super challenging for me at the beginning, especially. Interesting. So and, and I think it's really interesting hearing just founders just starting out what their sort of process is in managing their, their time and their work-life balance. I, I'm curious, where, where are you working from now? Uh, so I was working at home for a long time, which... Some people think it's an amazing thing to do. I did not like it because you sort of get up and you feel like you need to start working right away and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's four o'clock, you're still in your pajamas, which mine are nice pajamas, but still, <laughs> you're in your pajamas. Nice you haven't you haven't brushed your teeth, you haven't eaten anything, and you're like, um, I think maybe I need to see people and talk to people and get out in the world. I have a studio now in, in um, Flatiron. So I work from there. All my product is there, and it's a nice open space it allows me to be creative and also productive at the same time yeah great it must it must be uh, nice to step outside change. of your apartment and, yes. and not have to 
live and work in the in the same place, especially in a New York apartment. Right? <laughs> uh, definitely <laughs> no space. Um, so I'm I'm curious. You're obviously really busy uh, building Alessandra McKenzie into a big brand. And what inspired you to come back to uh, school and pursue your MBA at, at Columbia? And uh, so far, how has um, your MBA? helped you build your business and how do you anticipate and hope it, it builds your business in the future? So I, I started in um, in September. I started the program in September. So I think I'm still um, just getting into the groove of being back in school and, and learning all these things that I've never really had any exposure to I'm in the middle of corporate finance right now. And that's super challenging for Fun me. Fun times. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I always wanted to go to business school. I always thought it would be super interesting, especially given my lack of experience in the business world on the business side. Um, I actually just did my CBS Matters this past weekend and I joked that I basically get a degree every five-ish years. <laughs> so it was, it was about time, I'd been out of Parsons for about five years, it was time to go back to school. Um, but I, I love being in school and I, I, wanted to, I wanted to come to Columbia specifically, it was the only school I applied to, and, and do this program. I for, for that business background, but also I really wanted to sort of meet the people and and ex have that experience. And it's hard doing what I do. Some people think as an entrepreneur, you meet new people all the time. And for some businesses that might be true, for mine it's not. So it was just, it was just such a lovely, it's been such a lovely opportunity to meet people and, and make new connections. And yeah, it's just, it's been an awesome awesome trip so far great has, has there been any inspiration in uh working with potentially other classmates with different backgrounds than, than your own is is that maybe, a goal maybe i mean i would love to i would love to sort of explore that more as the as the months go by and we get through that corporate finance <laughs> chunk um but it's 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 been really um it's just been awesome sort of explaining what i do and having people react so positively to it. Obviously, I go to school with mostly boys, whereas I pretty much went to school with mostly girls before. Parsons is pretty much 90% women. And uh, and I've been getting a lot of requests for a men's line, so. Yeah, well, let, so me, let, I, <laughs> let me know. We'll, we'll blast it out to our, uh, to, to our listeners. I will, um, absolutely. Uh, so, so what does the, the year ahead look like for Alessandra McKenzie? Um, do you anticipate any changes in, in the business uh, specifically in, with the product line and the industry at large? Well, other than that men's line, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, th this year is, is a real marketing push for me, a direct-to-consumer marketing push. I really need to focus on that, and that's sort of where I'm focusing my energy on right now. I would love to do some more collaborations. I just did one with a, um, another startup in Brooklyn called Starch Slides and we just launched those on the site and they're sort of like furry slippers basically and they're super fun. It's super fun to work with other people and mm -hmm. collaborate in that way so I'd love to do more of that and maybe do some sweaters and sweatpants and that kind of thing, sort of make it a more full line. I have I have lots of ideas, lots of things I want to do but certainly not all can happen in the next year <laughs> with going to school but... I would love to do as much as possible. Awesome. And, yeah. and how do you see the industry of, of fashion or specifically women's loungewear, right. as you would call it? How sure. has that evolved since you started 
your your business and how do you see it changing in the future? Well, it's evolved quite a bit, but the loungewear industry specifically. Uh, I think now it's really becoming a part of this that self-care trend. So you, know, you go to the gym, you take your vitamins, you make a shake or a, whatever, a smoothie bowl or whatever they call them, and you. this is sort of an extension of that. It's just another way to take care of yourself. And it's funny that that's really now become a part of the vernacular in less than three years, and I started a little over three years ago, and that's how I was describing it. And I didn't get the reception that I get now. People didn't understand the concept then as much as they do now. So that's very promising to me, and I think I think there's definitely a lot of room to grow in the industry. Regarding fashion as a whole, I think the industry's going to change a lot. It already keeps changing, and I think the it's hard to figure out how to get ahead of it because it's changing so quickly. And I don't think anyone really knows where it's going to land. How it, you know, is everything going online? Will department stores exist? You know, like all these different things are happening at the same time, and everyone's trying to just keep their head above water. But I think that means there's a lot of opportunity for a small and nimble company to pivot and and change and not have inertia hold you back as much as a a bigger a bigger player. Yeah, it seems like you've been pretty flexible and in the process and been ahead of the curve in that way and sort of anticipating what uh, your, your consumers have really wanted and what they're, what they're seeking overall. Well, I, I hope so. I think so. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so re- regarding that, uh, your entrepreneurial experience, I'm curious if you have um, any advice for first-time founders, specifically those you know, that maybe have a few years of work experience under their belt, like uh, the students here at, at Columbia, and are thinking about jumping uh, jumping off and starting something of their own for the first time? The, I, I do have advice. The, the question I get asked the most is, how do you start? Once you have the idea, how do you start? How do you take that first step? And, or how do you know what the first step to take is, is sort of another version of that question. And my answer is always, you just take one step. Whatever seems to be the easiest thing for you to do. For me, it was um, buying my domain and, <laughs> and put, setting up a landing page. That was the first thing that I did. And it was, you could argue now, a lot easier than it was even four years ago or whatever it was. But. Um, you start with one thing and then all of a sudden the next thing makes itself available to you and you just sort of keep going and that's that's how you get started. Um, if you have a partner, I think things are a lot easier. I didn't because um, it's just nice to have someone to bounce ideas off of, split the work. I think it's if you can have a partner, if you're really on the same page as someone else, I think that's a hugely beneficial thing. And the third thing I would say is you're never gonna be 100% ready. It's just not possible. So as long as you can accept that and sort of show the world what you're doing, even if you don't think it's 100, 100%, I think it's a, you, you kind of just have to get it out there at a certain point. It's, you know, it's never gonna be perfect and you have to be, you have to be okay with that. That's great advice. <laughs> I'm curious, do you think, uh, entrepreneurship is something that's in someone's DNA. Obviously, you alluded to a lot of your classmates are asking, you know, how do you get started? Um, 
when you're speaking with them, do you sort of sense that there are some people that just know how to launch something and get it done? And there's some people that maybe shouldn't go down the, the path of becoming a founder? I don't believe in if it's in your DNA or not. I actually don't think that's true. I think you have to have an idea that you believe in. Once you have an idea that you truly, truly, truly believe in, I think everything else sort of figures itself out. Because if you're not 100% behind your own idea, then you're never, even if you are like someone who is great at talking to people and great at, but you're not gonna sell it genuinely. You're not gonna sell it 100%. And I think that's, that's what holds more people back than not having entrepreneurship in your DNA. I think you just need that. I need you need to really believe that this is what you have to do. There's nothing else you could be doing, and go for it. Yeah. Well, it's, it sounds like you really uh, believe in uh, the Alessandra uh, McKenzie line, and uh, that's obviously <laughs> <laughs> led to led to uh, much of your early success. So I, I appreciate uh, you coming on the podcast, Alessandra. I mean, just for our listeners that I'm, I'm sure are excited to to buy your products, where where can they do so? Where where could they where could they find them? So you can come to my own website, alessandramackenzie.com, or if you're a big Shopbop shopper, I, you can also go there, shopbop.com. Great, awesome! I, I appreciate it, Alessandra, and uh, we'll be uh, a, and anticipating your future success and, and looking on uh, how your your company grows in the future. Thanks so much, Corey.